From 90.7 WFAE, this is Newsworthy for Wednesday, February 28, 2024. I'm Eric Thiel. Governor Roy Cooper announced $1.3 million in grants Tuesday to 42 school districts and public charter schools across North Carolina to expand access to healthy school breakfast for more than 51,000 students. The NC Innovative School Breakfast Grants are funded through federal funds directed by the governor. Area districts receiving funds include Cabarrus, Rowan-Salisbury, Ashboro, Catawba, Cleveland, and Iredell-Statesville. This week, Charlotte-Mecklenburg Schools will terminate its app that gave students the ability to access thousands of library books. First reported by the Charlotte Observer, the changes come in response to concerns that the access would violate the state's Parents' Bill of Rights that was recently enacted. The e-book app, Epic, was mainly used in early education through second grade during students' reading times. CMS has plans to use a new app called Sora. However, the new app could result in more limited options for students. Mecklenburg County should spend more on land for new parks and catching up on deferred maintenance. The advisory body's chair, Chip Kaiser, told county commissioners that Mecklenburg needs to increase its spending on land acquisition by $25 million to $75 million as land gets more expensive and harder to find. It may not even be enough. Uh, land's getting real scarce, and I think some of the staff had warned me that what they're looking at now is already developed. And Kaiser asked the county to increase its spending on deferred maintenance by $15 million. Everybody wants something shiny and new, but we want to fix what's broken first. County commissioners have said they're facing a tighter budget over the next few years. The North Carolina State Board of Elections said some primary election results will be delayed on Super Tuesday next week. That's due to a recent change in state law that says county boards will have to wait until 7.30 p.m. to begin counting ballots cast during early voting. Usually, early voting results are released right after the polls close, but results could take between 30 to 60 minutes in most counties, possibly longer in large counties like Mecklenburg. Lake Wiley Marine Commission Executive Director Neil Brennan told the Mecklenburg County Commission Tuesday that renting a boat on Lake Wiley could soon require meeting more regulations. Boat companies will have to get a permit, verify some insurance coverage, and document pre-ride safety checks with people who rent. Brennan said that as boat rentals have increased, too many shady operators are putting boats on the water. And you've got some individuals who set up shop at the access ramps. They'll bring down some jet skis on the back of their truck and say... For 50 bucks, I'll rent this for an hour, and here's the key, and have a good time. The Lake Wiley Marine Commission plans to vote on new regulations in the coming months. Ballantyne Elementary School recently got a new principal, one whose roots in India give her something in common with many of the families there. Andos Helms looks at a rapidly growing segment of Charlotte's population that sometimes gets overlooked. After almost 13 years at Lake Wiley Elementary School... Jigna Patel has a lot of names and faces to learn at a new school with a thousand students. Some children approach her in the cafeteria. The new principal, that's right. What's your name? Akil. Akil? Yeah. And Ballantyne parents have asked her questions that she didn't face at her old school, like, where are you from? And what language do you speak? That's not because her Indian name and appearance seem exotic here, but because they're familiar. Patel's parents came to North Carolina from India in the late 1970s, and raised her speaking Gujarati. And they'll say, that's the language I speak. Or what part of India are you from? And then they'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell them I'm from near Mumbai. Um, and they'll say I'm from um, North India or South India. 
the cultural piece. They, they see that in me, and so they'll ask those questions. Only 7% of students in Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools are classified as Asian, a category that includes a wide range of ethnicities, cultures, and experiences. Most of them live in the southern suburbs, including Ballantyne. At nine South suburban schools, including Ardrey-Kell High and Community House Middle School, more than a quarter of all students are Asian. And at Patel's new school, 36% are Asian, making it one of two schools in the district where Asian students are the largest racial group. Patel says most of Ballantyne Elementary's Asian students are from Indian families like her own, who are drawn to the area by job opportunities and strong public schools. You want your child to be in a good school, and it's important that they are around peers that are like them. And so I think people have moved into this community, and then it's word of mouth, right, within um, your own community. In fact, Asian Americans are the fastest growing racial or ethnic group in North Carolina, and the suburbs of Charlotte and Raleigh are seeing a boom. Jimmy Patel-Wynn of North Carolina Asian Americans Together says the Charlotte region has seen its Asian American and Pacific Islander population nearly double between 2010 and 2020. The area has almost 44,000 Indian Americans alone, and they're a diverse group. Gujarati folks, Punjabi, Tamil, Telugu, Bengali, and a whole lot more. Good jobs in established Indian communities are part of the draw, Patel-Wynn says, but so are strong public schools. That, in turn, helps fuel growth in Charlotte's southern schools, which tend to be large. The district will open a new elementary school a couple of miles from Ballantyne Elementary this fall. Areas like Ballantyne, Marvin, Concord, they've seen a significant number of um, Indian American families moving to that area specifically for the quality of those schools. A.J. Shaw, who has two children at Ballantyne Elementary, falls into that group. He and his wife lived in uptown Charlotte, but when their second child was born, they decided to move. We looked at Waxhaw Weddington a little, but we really liked Mecklenburg County due to proximity and just the, the leadership and stuff. So we focused on the Ballantyne area because the schools are good. It has a good blend of schools, proximity, and diversity. The diversity is important to Shaw. He says apartments in the zone mean that not everyone is wealthy. And while the strong Indian community is nice, he says he likes knowing his children have classmates who are Black, white, and Latino. You have kids of other um, backgrounds at your house or they go to their house and they're very respectful. They're like, if you tell them like, hey, in this culture, we like to take our shoes off and they'll take their shoes off. Uh, they're like, oh, you guys don't eat meat. You know, like you're vegetarian. They're like, cool. Lake Wiley Elementary, where Patel was principal for the last six years, is more typical of CMS as a whole. More than three quarters of students there were black or Latino and poverty levels are high enough to qualify for federal Title I aid. Patel's work with Lake Wiley students and families earned her recognition this fall as CMS Southwest Learning Communities contender for Principal of the Year. You have to put your heart out there, you know, and really get to know people on an individual level, and then they get to know you. The switch to Ballantyne Elementary puts her closer to her own home and extended family. So I'm excited to be part of that community where you can see kids in the shopping center um, or at the park or other places. And it means the academic challenges are different. Asian students, on average, outperform all other racial groups. Shaw says Indian families expect their kids to excel in school and graduate from college. Many Indian children do academic work after school hours through programs such as Kumon. My kids go, and they do additional math and additional reading on top of what is offered at school. Kumon is a, an Asian-based education program. So there's that. There's 
best brains, there's mathnasium. Shaw says that raises the bar for all students at Ballantyne. But experts warn against the model minority stereotype. Ballantyne Elementary includes families like the Shaws, who are well-established, as well as new arrivals from India, Ukraine, and Russia, who still face language, cultural, and financial hurdles. And children from any background can struggle in school. Patel says her goal is to celebrate and support all types of students. Whether you're doing enrichment, whether you're doing remediation, whether it's social-emotional needs, um, every student needs something that's unique to them, and it doesn't matter what background you come from, what culture you come from, what socioeconomic status you come from. Everybody needs something. And you've got to figure out what that need is for that kid, for that family, for that community. CMS has 184 schools, and officials say Patel is one of three Asian principals. Patel Wynn of North Carolina Asian Americans Together says it's important for students to see educators who look like them. Principal Patel says it's nice to work in her own community, but one of her goals is making sure all the families become as comfortable together as the kids are. Ann Doss Helms, WFAE News. It's time now for a fact check of North Carolina politics. With less than a week to go before North Carolina's presidential primary, we're looking at a claim about voting made recently by Democratic 2nd District Congresswoman Deborah Ross. During a press conference last month, Ross said, North Carolina has the longest voting period in the country, and we have the most ways of voting. For more, Marshall Terry spoke with Paul Spey of WRAL. Okay, Paul, give us some context here. Why did Congresswoman Ross make this claim when she did? Well, it was at the end of a press conference where she was talking about a new bill filed by her and other Democrats that aims to bring more transparency to redistricting. For some more background, you know, every state uh, goes through its redistricting process every 10 years. And so they draw new maps for Congress, new maps for legislative districts. And North Carolina over the years has gotten in trouble with the courts. This most recent time that they redrew the congressional maps, they did most of that behind closed doors. And so Ross introduced this bill that would make it easier for voters or anyone to see who influenced the process. So what are the voting rules in place in North Carolina as far as the total voting period goes, and how does that compare uh, to others? Right. So absentee voting usually starts before anything else. And so uh, we, we looked at absentee ballots and we thought, okay, the best way to judge voting periods is by looking at when absentee ballots are initially mailed out by elections boards, and then the last day that they can be accepted. And that varies by state. And what we found was that North Carolina has the longest voting period for general elections. By law, absentee ballots go out 60 days ahead of a November election. That's the longest in the country. There's another state, Delaware, that has a law allowing them to go out that far ahead. But an election spokeswoman told me that that's not really what happens in practice. They typically go out 30 to 45 days in advance. Another thing that sets North Carolina apart is it's a no-excuse state, meaning anyone can participate in the absentee voting method, uh, whereas in Delaware, that's not the case. So at least with general elections, we stand out. Okay, so what about the, the primary period then? Well, that's a different story. It turns out North Carolina and other states sometimes have different rules for primaries. The important takeaway is North Carolina normally sends its absentee ballots out 50 days in advance of a primary. And this year they had to change it to 45 days because that 50th day fell on the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. 
that 45-day mark is not this year the longest in the country. There are other states uh, like Alabama that sends its absentee ballots out 55 days in advance. And then there are other states like Pennsylvania and Michigan where election spokespeople told me sometimes they go out up to 50 days in advance, but counties print their ballots at different times. And so uh, it really varies. And then uh, there are even states that are almost identical to North Carolina, like Virginia and Minnesota. They also send out their primary absentee ballots 45 days in advance, but they accept them a little bit longer. The polls are open longer in Minnesota uh, than they are in North Carolina. So people have 30 minutes extra to get their ballots in uh, in Minnesota. And then in Virginia, as long as they're postmarked, by election day, they can still come in the mail up to three days after election day. So there's a handful of states that have longer primary voting periods than North Carolina. Now, there's that other part of her claim as well. Ross said North Carolina has the most ways of voting. Uh, What are those ways and how does that compare to other states? Well, there's a number of them. There's absentee voting, there's provisional voting, there's early voting in person, there's uh, voting on election day, there's voting by mail. There's same day uh, registration where if you're not a registered voter, you can show up in the early voting process and register and vote on the same day. But here's the thing. When I reached out to experts about this, yes, North Carolina appears to have just about every method that you can have. And a handful of other states do too. I have very similar voting menus, if you will. But experts said it's sort of a misleading claim because it doesn't provide any insight into who has the easiest access to ballots. And that's really what's important when it comes to involving the most people in our democratic process. They said a better thing to do is look at who makes it easiest to vote. And all in all, it's just really hard to judge. They gave examples. You know, a state might have early voting. But if individual counties restrict early voting times or early voting sites, then that doesn't matter as much that they mandate early voting by law. And then there are other states, they may have a lot of ways to vote, but they have really restrictive voter ID laws. So they said North Carolina deserves credit for offering all these different ways, but it doesn't really offer us any insight into who has the easiest ballot access. So how did you rate this claim by Congresswoman Deborah Ross? Well, she gets credit for North Carolina having the longest voting period for general elections. uh, And that's when most people show up to vote. But this year for the primaries, North Carolina doesn't stand out. And so we considered this a half true on the whole. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's Paul Spey of WRAL speaking to our Marshall Terry. These fact checks are a collaboration between PolitiFact and WRAL. And for Wednesday, February 28th, that's Newsworthy. I'm Eric Teal.